0: Celebrating our connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio. Here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. And your dream team's here. Dr. Debbie back from vacation, answering your vet medical questions, dog trainer Alan Cable, dog father Joey Villani, animal communicator Joey Turner, and Wendy Diamond, all here in place for you as we celebrate our connection with your pets. Doc, will you be dressing up, boss, or any of the dogs for Halloween?
1: You know it. I just haven't bought. <laughs> I've got the costumes yet. You're
0: going to go out and buy them? You're going to be one of those $93 million worth of costumes bought for pets? Yes.
1: I have, a, I have the whole cabinet of every year's Halloween costumes for my dogs because I don't reuse them. So, um, you know, when kids come over, we play dress up and put my dogs in their costumes. Um, so every year we try to find an original look.
0: What was he yeah. last year?
1: Um, last year, boss was a fireman. And I think <laughs> last year, Magnum was a cop and Jade was a princess.
0: What about you, Alan? Are you gonna dress the dog up? No, I do not torture my dog.
1: Hey. You're so boring, Alan.
2: Ladybug likes it. It's not torture. I
3: do not torture the poor dog. Yeah, you think the dog likes it?
1: Joyce says she does. <laughs> they yeah. do. Ba- boss enjoys it too. I'm telling you, he he just kind of looks proud, and you know he is used to going. We go on local TV and talk about like pet safety item our topics, and he just loves it. He he struts around, and everyone just, like googles over well. him
3: poodles are some of the smartest dogs but look what people do to them and when they walk past a mirror and look in that mirror and see what people have done to them it makes them crazy and that's why they act crazy they're they're like I'm a dog look what they've done to my hair look what they've done to my nails what what have they done to me these people what have they done to me
0: now what about something cheap Joey can we just color our animals with uh, like Kool-Aid or something
4: well yeah we we can definitely use Kool-Aid you can use food coloring Kool-Aid actually works better than food coloring but if you really want to get intense go to the, go to your local like beauty supply like i don't know if you got a sally's um nearby or oh yeah they're That's all something. over Go get some Manic Panic um, colors. Manic or Panic. Or if you go to like a, I don't know what they call them out here. We like Michaels by us. Yeah. It's a craft store. Yeah, yeah they're and all you can over. Get, you can get blow pens and you'll find them in the kids section. Ooh. And they're non-toxic and the colors are super vibrant and you can put them on. But I got to be honest with you, if you're putting them on a light colored dog, like a white or, or uh-huh. cream beige type of dog, it may not come out right away. It will come out, but it's it, it won't come out immediately. Um, neither would a Manic Panic it'll it will wash out eventually don't panic it will come out but um you know just understand it's it's a little semi-permanent it's not permanent but semi I have to get
2: some red for ladybug she's white with black spots so if I make the white red she'll be red with black spots like a true that's your, then ladybug. You won't need the costume oh, that's I won't so need so the cute. Costume.
0: yeah
4: <gasps> There's an idea.
2: Okay, so do you think I should do the blow pins or the Kool-Aid?
4: I'll let you decide on well, your... Well, is isn't Kool-Aid toxic? Okay. Kool-Aid's because there's no sugar in it. It's because um, you add your own sugar in it. So really all it is is the cherry flavoring and the color is all it is. So what you'll do is you'll dilute that down. Almost like if you're coloring Easter eggs, you'll dilute it down. Uh-huh. And then um, you could just apply it to the coat. And the best way to do it is put it in a sprayer and just spray the area. Ooh, and wow. um, what I do is I'll actually, the areas I don't want to use, i I've Vaseline those areas a little bit outward, so I could just wipe it off. Let the Kool-Aid dry, and if you use a, a blow dryer, it comes out better. And let it dry in, and then you can actually, um, you know, rinse the dog off or wipe the dog. What's we called? So don't put too much um, Vaseline um, because it'll, you know, make a mess. Just lightly, and then if a long-haired dog, you can just comb it, and you won't even see it.
0: I learned so much from you. How cool! You're is one that? hep cat, if I may say so. Joy, are you going to dress up your animals? <laughs>
2: Oh, heavens no. I have two puppies that would just not accept that kind of thing, and my cats would automatically tell me not even to think about it. So you ask them ahead of time. We just do it, but I guess you ask them permission.
0: (laughs) Do our animals, uh, what do they generally say when we dress them up? What are they thinking?
2: Well, actually, Ladybug loves it. I knew it. Hope loves it.
0: Oh, Baby Hope loves it. Okay.
2: Baby Hope just thinks it's (laughs) great. So good for you guys. And, you know, interestingly, it's kind of about a 50-50 split is what I find with that. Animals just in general, some of them really like it, some of them don't. I found one dog that the woman actually dressed him up as a devil. He hated that oh, costume. Oh.
0: <laughs> Didn't want to be represented as the devil, I guess.
2: Did not want to be the devil. He would have been anything else, but not that. Uh,
0: I see that Ladybug is, she's trying on, in fact, she's wearing her costume this morning.
2: Isn't she the cute she little does, Ladybug little
0: costume? Oh, I thought it was a devil.
2: No, I look
4: closely. It is a Ladybug. The, <laughs> so the devil is that.
2: Nike the cat. He's running
4: around with his cape. <laughs> I have to weeks. get my costumes yet this year. I, we haven't, we haven't done that yet. Well, you go out and you buy yours, right? We, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Of course, my wife is not the domestic sewing type. Well, so, see, I just... Yeah. <laughs>
2: I use the same costume every year. She just She's a ladybug every year.
0: And I'm thinking, when do you probably employ some tailor fashion designer, fashion designer or something?
5: No, okay. Well, I, I'm going to admit. I'm going to admit. I'm going to admit. I'm very, you know, again, I feel really like kind of embarrassed to say this, but a friend of mine who's a, a fashion designer just sent me a link to her. I know. I know. Here we go again. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so a, a friend of mine. So a friend of mine who's a fashion designer who's actually, it's uh, she's very, very talented. Talented. And she has her new line out. It's coming out next week, actually, for the wedding season at the Hilton in New York City. And she said, Wendy, go, here's my link. I named a dress after you. Because she always lets me borrow oh. stuff. You know, because, you know, a lot of times people don't realize, like, when you see celebrities on the runway or they're, like, taking photos, most of that stuff is, like, they wear it once and they return it. Yeah. They don't even have to pay yeah. for it. So I'm actually going to, my dog is going to be Hope Hope Diamond. Oh. So she's going to dress as a big diamond and I'm Mm going to be a gold digger because I have this beautiful (laughs) dress that my friend, my friend made for, well, not made for me, but she's selling in her line this year.
0: To my left, Dr. Debbie, back from vacation, thankfully. Yes. To my right, Joey Volani and animal communicator, Joy Turner and Wendy Diamond all here. Don't forget, you can download the Animal Radio app and ask your questions. The Animal Radio app for smartphone, either your iPhone or your Android. Uh, you can also listen to old shows on that, too, or new shows. Don't forget to visit us over at Facebook and Twitter at Animal Radio. Let's uh, let's hit up line five, which has no attention today thus far. We have Jimmy on it. Hey, Jimmy, welcome to the show.
6: Hey, how you doing?
0: Good. Where are you calling from today?
6: Uh, I'm a truck driver. I'm in Connecticut today.
0: Okay, OTR. What are you hauling? Because I know Alan always uh, wants to ask that
7: question. I haul, <laughs> I I haul, I right. I haul uh, engine parts.
0: What was it? Engine. engine parts. Oh, engine parts. Yep.
7: Oh, okay. Yeah, we're playing with aircraft engines.
0: Well, what's going oh, on? wow. You got uh, problems with your dog or cat or iguana? Uh, uh
7: my, hey, that's my mama's dog. mama? I got a big and uh. All he does is sits around and scratches, and uh, he don't have fleas, and he's been to the doctor, but nobody can tell him what to st- how to stop it.
1: Okay, and where does uh, where does the Pekingese leave? What live? What state? Uh, North Carolina. Okay, North Carolina. So- so, you know, even if in that area we don't see fleas, I'm going to say we got to treat very aggressively for fleas. That's definitely one of the big things. Uh, from there, you know, the causes of itching in dogs, if we're not talking about parasites, we may be talking about allergies or infections. And, and the challenges um, depends on how eagerly your mom wants those answers. Now, some folks um, will come in to say, doc, give it your best shot. What do you think it is? And I'll pull some things off the shelf and we'll try treating it. Now, with that approach, we may not get a lot of success for many cases because we're just kind of operating under some assumptions. So we can usually find the answers. It just, like I said, depends on how much work you want us to do. Um, So for some of the first things I'll do for an itching pet will be make sure I do a thorough flea treatment, and that may be using something topical like Advantix 2, as well as an oral uh, flea product to help really make sure we kill all those fleas in their life cycles. From there, you know, we may try some things like antibiotics, antibiotics anti-yeast medicines, and it's going to all depend on what's going on in that skin. So for me, I'm like really hands-on. I like to get samples from the pet's skin. Sometimes there's smells, sometimes there's stuff, there's crust or scales on the skin that can give us some clues as to what's causing that. Something as simple as doing a skin scraping or an impression smear is a test that we can do to figure that out with some more um, kind of science behind us. And then from there, there can be just some basic things we can do to relieve itching like fatty acids, antihistamines, and if all of that stuff if your mom's tried that kind of stuff and she's not seeing improvement, do we want to find the answer? Do we want to allergy test the pet? Is this possibly something that's going on for the pet? And if so, it's something we need to have kind of a one-on-one conversation about because not everyone's really motivated to, to go through those steps. It can be hundreds of dollars to do some of that type of testing and it can require more long-term medications. It's a very different approach we have for some clients who just want the just the basic stock and then those other things where I want to get this sick fixed. I want to find a solution and I don't care what it costs and what I have to do at home. If it means I have to give my dog injections, then I'll do it.
7: Yeah, if they could tell us, they could tell us a whole lot.
1: My job would be so easy, but that's why we have to unfortunately resort to some tests and a little bit of trial and error in some cases.
8: Okay. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
3: Alan Cable, time for another dog tip, but first I have to call the vet and make an appointment for my shots. Of course I pretend it's for a dog. Animal Hospital? There's an annual shot that I'm supposed to get, right? There is. Can I make an appointment? Yeah. Look how good I am at irritating others. I have a 945. Perfect, and I'll put my muzzle on myself. Thank you. We had a call about dogs marking in the house. The woman who called's dog wasn't neutered. Unless you plan on breeding your dog, neutering's a good idea because it can prevent the habit from starting. Marking is a way for dogs to communicate lots of stuff, like territoriality. They'll mark stuff on the outside of the house, like fences and trees, to scare off other dogs. It lets other dogs know that your dog's ready and willing to protect his space. Dogs will mark the inside of the house for lots of reasons, including claiming ownership of whatever they're doing it on. Some dogs mark your bed, some don't. Some mark it first, some mark it last. Depends on your dog's personality and how insecure he is. Insecure dogs may go on anything new. Visitors? Shopping bags you bring in the house? New furniture? Because these dogs lack confidence, it makes them feel more secure putting their own on new things. Sometimes female dogs mark when they're in heat. It's important for you to remember when your dog marks that he's not trying to be mean or spiteful. They're not jealous or trying to get back at you for something. Now, there might be a medical problem, so a good idea is to always take your dog to the vet first. Then you know if there's nothing physical wrong, it's a behavioral problem. So what do you do about it? Well, you've got to put yourself in a leadership role in a positive, non-threatening way. Building your dog's confidence by setting him up for success. The first thing is to take him on walks every day consistently. On a leash never let him be in front he's always at your side you exit the house first you enter the house first get a crate and have your dog sleep in it letting a dog sleep with you in bed can give him the perception that he's in charge of all the people in the house so keep him off your bed and it's not a bad idea to keep him off furniture either make sure if you let him roam around you're there to give him constant supervision so you can make a quick correction if he tries to mark and don't forget to clean all the spots with something that'll erase the scent or he'll be tempted to go back there don't forget to praise good behavior too get more tips at animal radio.com
8: I am the family dog and it's that time of year again the one where pet parents start looking for Fido friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome make no bones about it pets are part of the family and we like to sniff out new places too and we hate to be turned away especially when we're on our best behavior so we won't be left out in the cold be sure to pick up a copy of Fido friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome Go online to phytofriendly.com and subscribe today.
5: Hi, this is Carrie Anninabo from Dance with the Stars. Don't forget to stay new to your animals and you're listening to Animal Radio.
0: Welcome, my friend. This is Animal Radio. Tell your friends, write it on your unk. Animal communicator, Joey Turner. Dog father, Joey Villani. Alan Cable, dog trainer extraordinaire. And so glad to have back Dr. Debbie White answering your question toll-free from anywhere in this great nation. On the Animal Radio app for your smartphone, iPhone, Android. Ask us your questions that way. Or email us with your voice at animalradio.com as the email address. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to be talking about pot and your... Dogs or cats or iguanas. You don't want to leave this stuff out. If you're a pot smoker, listen up. This is the fastest way to kill your animal. and Especially, especially
1: since they flavor it now and it's in so many different products. This is really a very big threat for our pets.
0: And uh, You just saw an animal that had pot poisoning. and Sometimes the owners don't want to fess up as to what's going on. We'll find out more about that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's uh, go to line four. We have Wayne on the phone. Hey, Wayne, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Pomona, California. Pomona, lovely Los Angeles area. What's going on? I wanted to speak on my uh, wife's pit bull. You got a pit bull? Yes. What about it?
9: Uh, she is fantastic. Her name is Platinum, and I purchased her right after the uh, death of my wife, and like because uh, I cool. knew I was going to be lonesome, and she lives in the house with me. And boy, I tell you, she must have been sent by God, because she is... One fantastic friend, I'm telling you, never wait and did her business in the house, always there with me, learned so fast, I can't believe it, you know, and like uh, uh she she never touches any of my stuff, and believe me, I'm kind of junky, but she'll walk <laughs> around my stuff. I buy her little toys and stuff, and she only plays with her toys uh, she's just outstanding she she goes outside. You know, when I first got her, I I put her on a a 26-foot leash, and, like, I would always walk out into the front yard because I don't have a fence. And she learned to uh, stay within the perimeters, and, like, uh, she's two years old, a little bit better than two now, and, like, uh, I can let her outside. She goes outside. She will not leave my yard. Uh, In the beginning, the uh, neighbors were a bit apprehensive, but they watched her grow up, too. This is a pit bull with no aggression. Don't want to do nothing but be loved, and like, uh, and they learn that she stays on, on on my property. And kids, they play, they go up and down the streets on scooters and bikes, and she just looks at them, you know, and, and she's just just one exceptional dog.
2: See, I think uh, dogs are like kids. They learn what they live. And obviously you've shown this dog a a lot of love, a good life. And you've been patient with her and treated her well. And she does it. She's showing it in return.
9: Just me and her, you know. And, like, uh, she follows me from room to room. uh, When I'm in my very sad period, which I still have, uh, she seems to sense it and come up and lay her head in my lap. Aww.
3: Hey, Wayne, what do you do for a living, buddy?
9: Well, right now I'm retired, but uh, I uh, worked for probably 36 years uh, for the state of California in forensic mental health. And uh, wow. because of that, you know, I learned uh, behavior modification and, you know, and how to uh, get the best out of not only uh, humans, but animals and with uh um,
3: Wayne, I'm not. Su- I'm not surprised you said that. I'm not. Some people have a gift, and you probably do. You probably don't even realize it, but you might have a second career now. You might be able to help people with their dogs because you you probably have a really good gift that you're not even aware of. And you know, I'm glad you called because pit bulls get a bad rap, like a lot of dogs do. A pit bull is just like any other dog. They can be kind, gentle, sweet, caring great companions and and it's great that you're showing people that there was a story a couple weeks uh, ago uh, of a ma- of a family whose pit bull took a bullet in the head for them and protected them from a burglar and it got a little bit of press and i was so happy to see that because when something bad happens pit bulls get the worst rap yeah, instantly that's for the sure. media jumps all over it but when something wonderful like that happens you don't see it very often and i just want folks to know there's no such thing as a bad breed it's the owners who make the dogs crazy <laughs> (laughs) I
9: I, I definitely uh, go along with that. Uh, if, If you try to bring out aggression or if you try to bring out any negatives in the animal, just like where I tried to bring out all the good, you can be successful. You know, but who wants a, a mean-spirited dog that nobody can, can deal with and, and that everyone's afraid of? I don't.
0: Well, let me ask you a question, Wayne. When you walk around with your dog, what's your dog's name?
9: Uh, it's Platinum.
0: Oh, Platinum, okay. When you walk around with Platinum, do people freak out? Do they, they think maybe they should be cautious at first? Do they cross the street?
9: I- immediately. And, like, uh, they say, can, 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 can I pet him? <laughs> I say she loves to be patted, you know, and like her her biggest drawback is is she's just so eager until a lot of people uh, interpret that as aggression, but it's, it's just her her eagerness to be loved, you know, and be patted and, and have her head scratched, and you know, it's just, and like I said, she doesn't growl, not even growl.
3: It's really cool that a guy with a behavior modification career and background gets a dog like that because you, you have talent. You have abilities that most people don't have, and that's important.
9: Well, I appreciate that. You know, I have uh, three other pits that are those Crescent Canaries that are really, really big pits, 100, 125 pounds apiece. I got 200 backyard, one on the side. And I got platinum in the house, and, like, I love all four
0: of my dogs. Well, good. I'm glad to hear this story, Wayne. Thank you so much for calling today and telling us all the good things that pits do. I appreciate it. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free, Happy Homes. Don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio.
11: that's 800-478-6084.
12: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacey Cohen for Animal Radio. This is an amazing story. This dog survived a 110-mile trip. All underneath the hood of a Chevy Silverado with that hot Southern California sun beating down on it. The 25-pound dog is now doing very well. The Orange County Register said that 52-year-old Jamie Magna of Chino, California, had no idea there was even a dog hitching a ride in the engine compartment until he got out of his car and he stopped for lunch. He said he turned off the engine and he felt something moving in the truck. Well, he got out, and he saw some fur sticking out from above the left front tire. The dog's been nicknamed Chevy, and he's going to be put up for adoption if the owner isn't found. A Canadian study shows that chocolate could actually boost memory, but in snails. The study by the University of Calgary was published in the Journal of Experimental Biology, and it showed that flavonoid found in chocolate, wine, and green tea enhances snail 's memory, scientists made their discovery by injecting snails with a chocolate flavonoid and then submerging them in water. Typically, when underwater snails extend a snorkel like breathing tube, if the water's deeper than the tube, the snail can only remember to keep the tube closed for three hours. Uh, who puts a, who even goes uh, you know snorkeling with a snail <laughs> i don 't know how do they come up with these ideas, uh, and why do we want snails to remember anything anyway? Well, anyway, when the snails were injected with a chocolate component, they remembered to keep their snorkel shut for the whole day. A second session showed the snails had improved their memory, and they kept their breathing tube closed for three days. Further tests also showed that the chocolate-exposed snails retained their memory longer than regular snails. However, researchers still do not know what the implications of these tests are for the human memory. So that was a successful study. They just fed the snails a bunch of chocolate, and they remembered to... Keep their tubes open or shut or whatever. I don't know. What do we use snails for, anyhow? I guess some people eat them. But um, what are their purpose? I guess they, they they eat bugs or something. I don't know. Hal, don't you know that? What, what, are, what are snails for? Who better to find a lost dog than another dog? Not to mention lost kittens, turtles, and horses. There's a new... Um, A new company, Ann Willis, she's the founder and executive director of Dogs Finding Dogs. It's a Baltimore-area nonprofit, and they use trained tracking teams to search for lost pets. Now, her group mostly works with um, Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, Pennsylvania, and the District of Columbia, but it counsels uh, owners of lost pets on a national basis. And um, they say that uh, they have a 94% success rate. A cent can last three to four weeks, said Willis, depending on environmental factors. And her teams are pretty successful because they're aggressive and persistent. There's just a $175 suggested donation to cover uh, gas and expenses. Her website includes a list of useful tips for anybody who lost a pet. Go to DogsFindingDogs.com. I'm Stacey Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update.
5: Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
8: Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet. It's
0: Animal Radio. Coming up in just a couple of minutes... We'll find out why it's not good to keep your pot stash out with your dog, okay? <laughs> I think we know. <laughs> and it's, it's actually not very funny. I shouldn't be laughing at it. Uh, Dr. Debbie had a case this week. We'll be talking about it. It's also in the news. We're also going to find out what the heck was Wendy Diamond doing on the front of the Huffington Post? Did you even know you were on the front of the Huffington Post this week?
5: No, no, no. But there were a lot of photographers and video crews there. So I, you know, I always assume and, you know, it was, you know, of course my dog was dressed up in an army outfit. So, you know, I'd assume that they probably got a kick out of that and that I'd be, you know, in like a lot of the photos. I thought
0: I was going to have to come bail you out of jail. I'll be real (laughs) honest with you.
5: (laughs) actually in the pouring rain. I got a kick out of it.
0: All the details on the way in just a few minutes. I got a trailer on my desktop this week from a movie that's going to be coming out. Another 3D movie in IMAX. Imagine that. You would probably get sick in these kind of movies. I don't you, do Judy? real well don't with do those. Well.
2: Unfortunately, I'm one of the rare people.
0: The g- topic of this movie is really cool. It's about the monarch butterflies and where we live in Central California. They gather once a year around uh, October, November. Yeah, thousands and thousands of these monarch the butterflies. Trees. The movie, by the way, called "Flight of the Butterflies." the scientific advisor for the movie Dr. Chip Taylor also the founder of Monarch Watches joining us
13: well, well nice to be with you
0: now you're a scientific advisor for a movie so you tell them what is possible or the way the movie should go what does that mean
13: <laughs> well you know i didn't i didn't lay out the movie or anything of that sort what what i do is answer their questions and they they have lots of questions and The questions extend from, uh, you know, how how should they do the CGI, what it should look like, what do the butterflies really fly like, uh, to uh, just what should be in the script, how things should be worded, what do the antennae do, what Mm -hmm. what sort of should we have about that i mean how the eyes work and so on and so forth now here's what i
0: learned from the movie the migration i knew there was migration i knew that happened but i figured these butterflies they fly up to where we're toronto and then they fly down to back down to mexico or florida or wherever but it actually takes three generations to make it north and then one generation down how does that work
13: well actually it's a little different from that it the Butterflies overwinter in Mexico. They come out of Mexico in late February and early March. They arrive in Texas in the first week of March, and then in the following three weeks, they just really flood into Texas. They lay eggs on milkweed as they move north. They progressively move north, northeast. And then most of those butterflies are dead in about three or four weeks, and it's their offspring that take the migration all the way to the limits of milkweed, all the way up to, uh, say, Winnipeg in Canada. Uh-huh. And then there's one or two or three more generations. So it's not just three as provided in the movie, but we had to make the story simple. Sure. <laughs> uh, so in some places there are five generations, other places four, and other places three. And then at that last generation, that's the generation they're they're calling the super generation. I prefer to call the migratory generation that goes down again to Mexico. And that starts off... And say in Winnipeg it starts off, oh, say around the 10th of August, but at St. Paul, Minnesota, it might start out at about oh, the 24th of August, and about. Uh, Where I am in Lawrence, Kansas, they get there about the 10th of September and so on. And I'm just right now in Texas, and they're just coming into uh, the local area here that I'm in, in the hill country here in Texas. So this migration has a nice progression, uh, and uh, they arrive uh, in Mexico coincident with the Day of the Dead, which is around (laughs) the 1st and 2nd of uh, November every year.
0: Well, the Day of the Dead was sort of how they were discovered down there, wasn't it?
13: Well, in a sense, because uh, the the woman who was involved, uh, Catalina Aguado, at that particular time, which turned out to be Kathy Bruger, married to uh, Ken Bruger, uh, they were on the track of trying to find these butterflies, and somehow they got some idea that, you know, the, the local people associated with them uh, associated the arrival of these butterflies with the Day of the Dead and the souls of the children that had died and so on and so Mm -hmm. forth and so they began to bird dog around to some of these cemeteries up in the mountains and this has uh, eventually led them to the discovery of these colonies. Hmm. So if you're a
0: monarch butterfly, there's all kinds of different lifespans. There's like four weeks, and then, or you could be one that lasts a
13: lot longer, right? Yeah, you could be one that lasts eight or nine months, and wouldn't that be good? I mean, if, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're a butterfly that normally lives maybe a month, and then they live eight or nine times longer, that, that, that's pretty amazing. And that's a, it's pretty amazing how they do it. They have all sorts of energy-conserving sort of biology going on here. They lower their meta- metabolic rate. They have all sorts of energy-conserving. Serving behaviors, uh, and they they hang around a lot. They don't fly every day, and, and they don't expose themselves to a lot of hazards like they do when they get real sexy and start to reproduce.
2: Do all the butterflies have the potential to live eight or nine months, or is it just certain ones that are born certain places at certain time of the year?
13: That uh, you've got it. That's what has to happen. They have to be born at a certain time at a certain place, wow. and they have to that being born at the right time and right place changes your physiology for in reasons. For reasons that we don't fully understand, we don't understand the mechanisms that turns them off, so to speak.
2: Mm. Well, it's just like people, you know, you've got to be born in the right families, the rich sure. ones. The, <laughs> know, so I understand
0: lifetime. milkweed is a big deal, of course, for this. So I understand they're, they're actually giving out milkweed at the movie screenings. Yeah, they're
13: giving out milkweed seeds, and this, okay. is, what I, this is what I do. You know, I started Monarch Watch in 1992, and I, about 2005 I began to realize that this population is going down, and so what I'm doing now is promoting uh the planting of milkweed because we've lost about a fifth of the uh milkweed habitat since 1996 uh... it's not that long ago and uh, the population has gone down we're looking at populations now that are only about half of what they were uh, uh about 10 years ago and uh this population has gone down as a direct result of losing habitat a lot of that is uh, due to changes in agriculture the adoption of Roundup ready corn and soybeans has been a big factor but we're losing a lot of habitat in the country uh, just due to development. We lose something like about six thousand acres a day. So it all adds up, and uh, we've got to do something about it if we want to keep this migration going.
5: You know, I never see in New York City butterflies. What's with that?
13: Oh no, no, no! They come right through into Central Park. We, we've got a lot they of they do. We've got a lot of monarchs you... still moving through uh, New York City right now, and the, and the East Coast of the U.S. is having a wonderful migration this year.
5: I'm looking over right. You know, I look over a huge, huge tree. I never see butterflies. Well,
3: they
13: get mugged. They get mugged in Central park. <laughs> <laughs> it's not
0: easy in New York. <laughs> Dr. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us today.
13: Uh, I'm glad to talk to you. Thank you.
0: Check out the movie. It is Flight of the Butterflies in 3D at Trimax Theater.
14: Hey,
7: this is Paula Poundstar. Wait, I forget where I am. Animal Radio.
15: Animal Radio. I love that.
7: Right. Hey, this is Paula Poundstar on Animal Radio. Spay new to your pets, or we're going to be eating alive.
11: This is Animal Radio, baby.
0: Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, Thanks for having me on your program. I'm glad you're listening. What's going on? I understand you want to talk to our dog trainer, Alan Cable.
6: Well, yeah. um, I just uh, (laughs) they were talking earlier about, uh, about like, Homosexual dogs and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, is there gay dogs? Yeah,
6: and I just thought um, I'd call and uh, you know I have a friend. It's not my dog, but it's a friend's dog. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> That's how the story starts.
6: <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, uh, this dog. Uh, I you know I go visit this my friend maybe a couple times a year, and every time I go over there, he has this dog that's a mix. I don't know what kind of mix, but it's a small dog. And uh, it, it's real creepy what he does. He, uh, he'll say you're sitting uh, outside on a patio in a conversation, and he'll kind of sneak up, and he'll position himself so his he, he'll kind of creep up while you're not really paying attention to him, and he'll get his his male dog part there, his junk, and he'll yeah. he'll yeah. position cash as, as close to your leg as possible. And yep. uh, he he won't uh, like try to hump your leg. But uh, are you still there? Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. here, buddy. Yeah, and it's just kind of you don't really notice it, but then you look down and this this dog is positioning. Himself, just as close as possible to you as he can, and he'll have his leg kind of, kind of open, and it's real obvious what he's doing. I mean, it's
3: what is is he doing? What do what do you think he's doing?
6: Well, he's getting some sort of, um, I, I, all he says he's doing this on purpose, and he's getting some sort of pleasure out of positioning himself very close to to me or someone else or and so that you know, of course I chew him away and tell my friend to get his dog away from me.
14: Right, right.
6: And and I'll watch this dog kinda creep around and he'll go find another person and right. he'll and he's what makes you think odd, is my question. he's doing something kinda
3: kinda Well bad. they don't know what makes you think he's getting pleasure out of it though? What tells you that?
6: Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's pleasure. He's
3: not. Okay, John. Hey, John. You know what? Dogs do a lot of things that are creepy to people. I mean, they're, they're they're humping and all that nonsense. That's really creepy to people. People don't like when they see that. They think it's weird and disgusting because you know we're human and humans don't do that you know or, or although some of us would like to humans don't do that so it's kind of weird but in in this case you know that's a behavior and and uh, you, the first thing you do always and dr w will probably concur is you always take the dog to the vet to check him out make sure there's nothing physically going on but more than likely dogs do stuff like that for dominance and also because they're stressed so they they really want to just dominate you they just want to be in charge and it's a weird way that they do that they they come over and they they get on top of you or they try to climb on top of your leg or another dog you'll see it all the time and it's just as a way of of, of being in charge of of uh showing the person's social status uh, who's in control trying to be in control of others so that's all it is and you pretty much just gotta just correct it and stop it from happening when it does and another reason they do it is because they're stressed out you know they're that's how they respond sometimes when they're excited or they're uh, nervous or they're afraid and it appears they're aroused but um, pretty much it's it's not like that it's it's not that they're aroused they're just they're just freaked out
6: Oh, okay Uh, because myself and others have commented about this dog and said yeah that's that's a creepy dog just because when he does this he's not there trying to get a, a, a pat on the head or anything like that it's it's I've noticed it where he's climbed under the chair I was sitting on and positioned himself like this and I didn't even know about it until I happened to glance over and, and sure enough there he is doing this uh
1: so is he uh, humping? That's what I gotta hear. Nobody said this yeah, word. Is he yeah. humping? No. Nobody
3: said that. Nobody said, Doctor Debbie, we needed you.
1: Come on, I <laughs> got I gotta hear the details. Is he actually getting an erection? Because dogs get like little swollen parts on either side of their penis. We need to know. Is he doing that too, or is he just kind of sitting with his parts on you? Uh,
6: yeah. No, I didn't notice the do- the dog erection, but okay. he's just trying <laughs> to get his parts as close as possible to to you. Or myself or whomever the person is and, and and he's doing it in sort of a secretive kind of he's sneaking around to do this uh, and he yeah. does it while you're not <laughs> expecting it and then the next thing you know you look down and <laughs> and here's this dog's position himself to where he's maybe he's park, a, so.
3: <laughs> maybe he's a dirty old man came back as a dog. <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, yeah, and and I've laughed with about it with some friends. Saying, yeah, that dog's. You know, my my guess know. is that he's just he's just
3: a he's just a poorly socialized dog. You know, and and you know he doesn't know how to act, and nobody's teaching him how to act. And I, I know it looks creepy to you. But you know, it's pretty normal in the dog world to do stuff like that. You just have to pretty much, you know, they do it all the time to other dogs. When they start doing it to people, it's, you know, I, it's it's kind of like they're they're trying to be dominant. I, I think that's probably what's going on. But you should still take them to the vet and check them out.
6: Uh, okay, I'll let uh, the owner know that. <laughs> um because that's not my dog,
0: yeah,
14: uh-huh. my John, yeah. John, we appreciate your
0: <laughs> call today. It's not
3: John's dog, but John wants him. i I hope you had have-
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, that was my only comment, and uh,
0: I appreciate, thanks for
6: coming <laughs> It's
0: stuff. It is good stuff. Whatever you want to
6: call it. John, I would, I would,
3: I would sneak up on the house and peer through the window when no one's
8: around, see what the owner's doing. (laughs) Yeah, really, huh? You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill.
11: 800-696-2871 800-696-2871 800-696-2871 that's 800 696 2871.
0: Hi, this is Justin and Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. Celebrating our connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. And your dream team, Dr. Debbie back from vacation, dog trainer Alan Cable, dog father Joey Volani; animal communicator Joey Turner, and Wendy Diamond all in place.
12: Stacy, working in the newsroom, what's going on? Ah, uh, poor 70-year-old man became human bacon. Yeah, his hog ate him. <laughs> <laughs> all that was left was his dentures. I'll tell you about it coming up on Animal Radio News. And let me tell
0: you, Stacey gets to the bottom of these stories, too. She comes knocking on your door. It's like 60 minutes. You don't want to answer that door. And let's see. We go to line four. We have Tom on the phone. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Splendid. Splitting atoms up here. What's going on in your world?
7: I have a four-year-old uh, beagle who will not come to me.
0: What do you think, What Adam? is it?
3: well let me ask you this what is he how long have you had the dog
7: um we adopted him about eight months ago so when you say
3: he won't come to you what does that mean i mean he never will come to you does he ever come around you
7: if i have something in my hand
3: if you have like food or something he'll come to you
7: exactly i can't get him to come to me when i say come
3: okay do you walk him
7: uh no not really
3: do you praise him? Like, if he does come over to you and you have something in your hand, what do you do when you give it to him? Do you tell him he's a good dog?
7: Oh yes. Okay. Start yeah, taking I, walks if, if with. If I call him and he does come by chance, then I give him a lot of praise.
3: Does he move away from you when you call him, or he just pays no attention to you?
7: No, he doesn't. He, he just doesn't pay attention. Okay. Well, you have to. You have to become
3: the leader, buddy. When you feed him, what do you do? Do you just put his food down and let him eat it? Right. Okay, well, don't do that anymore. Start doing things that let him know that you're in charge and that he's not in charge. Because right now, he thinks he's in charge of you. He's the boss of you. He's he's the leader. So start walking him. Walk him every couple of days. Keep him at your side. Never let him walk in front. Never let him walk in the house in front of you. Always go in the house first. Everybody goes in first. He goes in last. When you feed him, hold the food for a couple of seconds. Hold the food for about 30 seconds and look at him. Let him know that you're in charge of the food. Take a piece of food out and feed it to him with your hands, and then put the food down. Make him stay. Don't let him go right at it. Make him stay a minute or two, and then let him have the food. Make him work for everything that he enjoys and and finds pleasurable. And I don't mean he has to do tricks or anything. He just has to, you know, have a little bit of patience. And when you start doing stuff like that, the dog is going to recognize that you're the leader. That you're, you know, you're the, you're in charge of the household, and that. You know he is not in charge and he'll start coming to you on his own and you'll also be able to get him to come to you another good technique just take a leash you know and stretch it out six feet seven feet long so that you're sitting there and then ask him to come to you and when he doesn't give it a little a little yank just a little yank you say come give it a little yank and and move him towards you that way if he doesn't move just don't, don't get get food and try it with food. And uh, after a while, he's just going to come to you when you yank on the leash. And after a while of doing that, maybe a month or two, you'll be able to do it without the leash. But taking walks is important and letting him know that you're in charge, making sure everybody else follows the rules, too. Is he allowed on furniture?
7: Yeah. I have two dogs. Okay. They're both allowed on the furniture. Oh, you got but another not dog. On so... my, not on my lazy boy.
3: All right. Does he, does he jump on your lazy boy?
7: When I catch him, I get him off yeah.
3: as fast as I can. Yep, see, he jumps on your lazy. He does not recognize you're in charge of anything, right? Right now, maybe the other dog's in charge. I don't know. I'd have to be there. But you have to start right. being in charge, and, and the dog will start coming to you. And the best way to start is by taking nice walks with your dog. Don't let him walk in front, okay. though. He's
1: at your side or behind. All right. My two Labradors were the most delightful guys to train and they're just they're so obedient. And then I got my little boss, my little terrier, and he did the same thing. And we had the biggest challenge getting him motivated to listen to us. And I had to recognize that I couldn't treat him like a Labrador. I couldn't treat him like my other dogs. I had to find his motivation and to yep will him to do what I wanted to so I had to get kind of tough and be a tough mom and you know do all what you said about not letting him have food and, and going through the door first and, and it really it, I had to think of him as an individual not as my other dogs
3: that, that makes a lot of sense because they're all different they all have different personalities and size has a lot to do with it too
7: it is it is funny because you say don't let them go in the house first it's funny because when they want to go out the one runs down to the back door Augie which is the beagle. Stays kind of at the top and waits for me to go down the stairs.
3: No, when you I take the door, of- you, you, see, you gotta be in charge of that too. Take that space by the door away from them. Now you go down to the stairs and move them away from the door with your body. Tell them move, move, move. And you make them sit. You make them stay until you open the door and give them permission to go out. These are all things that let them know that you're the boss, that you're in charge. When, when they do things before you without permission, they're in
0: charge. Okay. Good luck with that, Tom.
7: I'm going to give it a try.
0: Sounds good. Let us know if it works. If you need a follow-up, we do that free of charge. So let's talk pot brownies or whatever. (laughs) Have you ever seen any in the office, any animals that have come in with uh, pot poisoning?
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, not too long ago. I just had a little chihuahua. Really? That was kind of flat out on her side and twitching and... Just peeing all over herself. And, uh, yeah. But, you know, the truth is, this is something where pet parents don't come clean. Yeah. A little bit of information makes a huge difference if we know about these things.
0: What what would be the difference?
1: With this little puppy, the big question was, is this a toxicity or is this something that's more like a liver problem? Something inherent in this dog that we're going to have to do a lot of tests to find out. And that might have a, a more serious long-term prognosis than something that we can hopefully support and get the pet through. And that was actually the discussion I had with this family was, you know, we need to do all these tests. If there's no drugs and nothing this dog could have gotten into, i got to run all these other tests. And then finally the truth kind of came out at the end after the parents walked away. Um, And we were able to treat the pet with less cost for the owners and successfully, you know, bring that pet through it.
0: Well, I can understand how somebody might not want to tell you about it, but it's so important that you. Yeah, tell. and
1: you know that's. I think the big thing is a lot of people are afraid to tell the vet, "Hey, yeah, you know, we had pot in the house, or, or whatever the case may be." But you know, the truth is, veterinarians are not obligated to turn this in for humans, so we don't have to call the cops and say, "Hey, these people had pot." You know, it's not what we do. We care about the pet, so that's really you got to come clean. Don't hold back.
0: Okay. I also see in the news today a lot of talk about salmonella. Especially with, uh, there's a lot of foods that are being recalled because of salmonella. We had one listener calling just a few minutes ago saying, that doesn't really affect the dogs, it just affects the person that handles the dog food. Is that correct?
1: You know, they're a little bit. dogs are a little bit more resistant to it. It can happen. It's less common. But, you know, that's where just us, you know, handling the dog food or even handling animals that are carriers of salmonella, like reptiles. That's how humans can be very easily exposed to this bacteria.
0: Well, I know Stacy did a story about salmonella and turtles.
1: Those little turtles Those little... that you get your kids. You're not picks. supposed
0: to put them in your mouth. Apparently,
2: well, aren't yes. they illegal? You're not supposed to have them at all.
1: Well, it's not that the pet turtles are illegal; it's the ones that are under four inches in oh. size. And it is because of the small size and little kids can take them like you know a cookie and put them in their mouth. <laughs> um, so at that size, you're not supposed to sell them at that. Now you may find them at swap meets and you know garage sales things like that but that you should not buy those those are really not um, the best source to get them and uh, you, you want to be uh you know make sure that you have um, precautions in the home for you know anyone who might be handling the reptiles
0: okay there you go setting us straight dr debbie here at your beck and call thank god you're back i mean Doc halligan was great and everything but it's nice to see your smiley face back in here and not have to sit in between Doc Callaghan
1: <laughs> and Joey Villani. Ellen, I'm just so glad you stayed out of it.
16: <laughs> Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List five reasons Halloween can be the scariest holiday for your pet. Halloween is all about escaping from reality for a night and having a fun time with your family and friends. However, there is one family member that should not be subject to the Halloween activities and that's your pet. That's right. For many pets, Halloween is the most scary and dangerous holiday there is. For your pets, there are fewer nights, more confusing and bewildering to them. So let's bewitch you with some things to consider. Let's start with the costumes, people, and pet costumes. On Halloween, people get dressed up in a variety of costumes from fantasy to sci-fi to horror-inspired and more. This alone is confusing for our pets who aren't sure what the heck happened to their favorite neighbor who now resembles a zombie and is acting like one too. Then there are the pet costumes, and let's admit it, the costumes for pets have gotten much better, much more comfortable, and much cuter than ever before. However, that still doesn't change the fact that most pets don't wear clothing on a regular basis. So if your pet is not enjoying being dressed up like your favorite movie character, let them be all natural for the Halloween festivities. Next up is the constant pounding on the door and the ringing of the doorbell your pets are convinced that the whole world is coming to take over your house. For some pets, it's their mission to protect their home and their beloved family from strangers, especially these wild and crazy-looking ones that keep showing up with bags in hand and demanding treats. Every pet knows that you can't just demand a treat. You have to earn it, and knocking on a door is not a trick to them. Speaking of treats, the treats handed out on Halloween are especially unsafe for your pets. Chocolates, candies, and more are not safe for pets and can cause serious injuries if ingested by that curious pet who thinks they've earned a wrap treat since they've been alerting the family to these costume intruders all night long. For many people, Halloween is also about the decorations. For pets, this is just one more area of potential danger that's enticing to that curious pet. From candles to ingestible objects and more, decorations need to be pet safe if you're going to have them in an area that's within reach of them. Finally, Halloween is an overwhelming holiday for pets. The costumes, the constant intruders, the confusing sights and sounds, it can make a pet stress out and even lash out. We don't need a door dash, or worse yet, a show of force from your mild-mannered pet who is triggered by that scary clown costume. Keep your pet safe this Halloween. It might be all fun and games to you, but give your pet the night off. Share your pet Halloween thoughts on our Animal Radio Facebook page.
4: Hi, this is Doug Gray and the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio...
11: Loving those pets. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you.
8: Painless. No more
0: pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork.
11: You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673 800-785-1673 800 785 Eight five one six seven three. That's 800-785-1673. eight five sixteen seventy three. You're
8: listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app
0: for iPhone and Android. Dr. Debbie is back from her vacation in Hawaii. She looks all tan and rested. Uh, yes. <laughs> I gotta say, nice to have you back because there was a little bit of tension between I'll be real honest with you. Sexual a little, tension. Sexual tension a little bit. Oh between, my gosh.
2: Between Joey and Doc Halligan. Yeah, and I you yes had to
0: separate them. We had, we, we we had a, couldn't put them together. We they looked like dogs in heat. I'll tell you that right now. Oh but
1: my gosh. I we we have a way to fix that and I can talk to Joey about
0: <laughs> that. Well, Doc Halligan wanted to know, "Does don't you have a crush on on Joey too?" I mean, you yeah. couldn't understand that, but I explained I, that you were happily I'm a, married. I'm a
1: professional. Yes. I I work with my uh, colleagues, but I uh, uh, I'm happily married. <laughs> well, we're we're
0: glad to have you back. Thank you so much for uh, coming back. We thought that maybe you. you wouldn't.
1: Let's. Uh... You know, it's hard not to leave Hawaii, <laughs> man. I'll tell you, it, it's, it's your pocketbook. pocketbook that pocketbook really takes you home, though. I bet you. When you
0: run out of dough, <laughs> I bet you it does. Uh, let's see. We have Ray online line four. Hey, Ray, where are you calling from today?
15: Los Angeles.
0: Well, welcome to Animal Radio. What's going on?
15: Well, I have a neighbor, and he's a cat hoarder. Um, I hope you're not going to recommend that I contact Animal Services, because I know them, and they know me by sight, and I know who I'm talking to when they answer the phone. Oh, wow, you're on regular terms with them then, huh? Yeah, let me just tell you about the neighbor. Uh, Last year, I took 15 cats to SPCA when they told me don't come back in the remaining 21 days i took another 17 cats so that's 32 cats in a 21 day period um, no. the neighbor's family acknowledges that he has emotional problems but i'm mobility impaired i'm sick of finding you know I, i'm sick of having work done on my house and the people who are working on my house tracking cat poo into my house because it's all over my yard. I regularly speak to the neighbors and he'll he'll tell me but I'm not feeding the cat and I said, you know they're scavengers, if you feed them they will come. Right now I'm dealing with a situation where there's four kittens, three juveniles and three adults and I have pictures on my cell phone of him taking food to the cat in his backyard. Mm. Okay. Is he just emotionally disturbed and I'm going to have to get over myself?
1: Well, you know, the thing with hoarding is that it's really a symptom you know it, it we would like to address it as a problem but it is a symptom of um other issues so usually folks that do this have something else going on in their life that they're lacking and this is a way that they find comfort so um it, it is definitely something where we need to get some professional help um usually we do turn to animal services as kind of the root to where we start for this and and we've dealt with this in, in my area i've had beloved clients that have had this problem and you cannot fix the problem until the individual accepts that and accepts the mental health that they need. Um, So working with the family members would be Mm -hmm. one way to come at this if you do not want to go to the animal services. Um, But really, in order to get those animals um, out of those situations, and with hoarding, there are are so many different things that the animals in those situations are going through. And what I've witnessed is that we've had cats that have had severe respiratory infections to where they've actually had changes on their tongues, uh, scabs, sores on their... They're not healthy
15: animals. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, they're all being born with the same defect in their leg, where the, mm-hmm. the third, the the rear leg on the right side is crimped in a certain way. I, I know Ooh. they're all interrelated. And I even tell yeah. him, you're torturing those cats.
1: But to try to work with him is going to be very challenging because in, these individuals do need professional help. And and I don't know what situations you got going with the animal services, but that would really be, it's one of the ways that we can help find some of the other services that can support us. So animal services, you know, certainly to get those animals spayed and neutered, but also to put you in contact and to put the family into contact with professionals that can help in um, the mental health department so i know in our area the health district has some resources for free services for mental health and they'll help put people in touch with other maybe more professionals and psychiatry um, psychologists um, in those in those ways but it, it you're not going to be able to convince him you know to do uh, what's right in the situation and you, you definitely need to use um those services
15: okay well i'll start working with the family member then yeah, yeah. And, and well, I empathize.
3: She's in a terrible position because you know she doesn't want to make enemies out of the neighbors, and and at the same time she doesn't want to see We're the cat suffer. So. We're
15: now all forget about it. We're enemies.
3: <laughs> well, We're you, you all have to get you have, you, you have to get help, ma'am. You can't do it yourself. The problem's not going to go away. Just like Doctor Debbie said, you got to get professionals involved because the problem is never going to go away unless this poor individual gets some help.
15: Okay, we'll start talking to the family members more often and see if we can move the family to, you know, he was hospitalized last year. So Mm -hmm. we'll see if we can move the family members to, you know, my favorite credo with this neighbor now is take your mans, but...
1: Yeah. Oh no! And, and if I can direct you to a website, um, there is a, a a great research body that's been put together. Um, Tufts uh, Veterinary School is one of the uh, organizations involved with it, and there is um, it's a, called the Hoarding of Animals Research Consortium. And there's some good resources on there that you can look. It has some questions, ways to uh, find resources for intervention, um, and kind of also the public um, aspect of the, the you know the health issues with that. So maybe check that out.
0: We wish you the best of luck with that, Ray. 1-866-405-8405. She's in a tough situation there. Hopefully, wow. uh, can you imagine? Yeah, I know.
1: We had a, it wasn't an animal hoarding, but just a week ago, there was one in a, a community nearby, and it, they had to truckload out 15 trucks of stuff from this guy's house. It had been like that for since 2007. They yeah, I get feel it so
3: bad them. for them. Well, they got that cable show, Hoarders, and I watched that show, and I'm just, I feel so bad for those people. I mean, because they know they're sick, and they can't help it. Not to try to make a joke, but imagine if you were a person who hoarded hoarders.
0: Yeah, that would be... You know who's a big hoarder is Judy. She hoards the prize closet (laughs) and all of the stuff in the prize closet. (laughs)
12: Hey.
0: Stacy, what are you working on?
12: Well, besides chocolate and raisins and onions being bad for dogs, pot brownies are bad for dogs, too. Anything made with marijuana butter, not good for your pets. I'll tell you about it coming up on Animal Radio News.
11: that's 800-478-6084.
12: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Dogs getting high on pot, it's a big problem in states like Colorado where marijuana is legal. Vets say what used to be a rare problem is becoming alarmingly more common, and the results can be deadly. There are huge spikes in the frequency of marijuana ingestion among pets in places where it's become legal, according to CBS4 in Denver. When dogs get into their owner's stash, they can get sick. They start staggering and then they vomit. They basically lose a lot of their fine motor control. They have wide base stance. They are not sure on their feet. And Dr. Debbie Van Pelt, who works at the veterinary specialty and emergency hospital in Inglewood, Colorado, she said dogs most commonly get stoned by eating their owners' pot-enhanced foods. Dr. Stacy Miola, a vet at Colorado's Wheat Ridge Clinic, said she saw two dogs die when they got into baked goods made with marijuana butter that's uh, sold at the marijuana dispensaries. While most dogs ingest marijuana are back to normal within 24 hours of treatments. Vets urge pet owners keep your pot at a safe distance from your animals. Hey, if a pet turtle shows up at your home, don't take him in. He's considered armed and dangerous. No joke. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the number of salmonella cases linked to tiny breeds of the reptile. It's not an amphibian, by the way. It's on the rise. As of last week, there are six current outbreaks of the bacteria-borne illness directly linked to exposure to the illegal contraband. Yep, pet turtles are illegal. Here's how it happens. They release the bacteria when they relieve themselves. That's a fancy way of saying turtle poop. Remnants of the salmonella strain live on their shells. It gets transferred to human hands and mouths pretty easily. So just letting the turtles run free in your house, it can spread the disease with serious consequences. All right, here's a hog that went wild, hog wild. An investigation's underway into the death of an Oregon farmer who was eaten by his hogs. What a way to go. Authority in Coos County say 70-year-old Terry Garner went out to feed his animals last week, including several hogs. They weighed about 700 pounds apiece. 759 after they ate him. Shortly thereafter, (laughs) it's not funny, I know. Family members went to the hog pen. They found Garner's dentures, but little else. Authorities say the hogs ended up eating most of the man in their enclosure. Officials are trying to figure out whether one of the animals knocked Garner down or if he might have had a heart attack and ended up in a position where the hogs could consume him. You know, it's their form of bacon. What are you going to say? I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal-breaking news. Send all the letters to Hal, please, at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio
5: news update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
8: Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet.
13: Hi, this is Ed Begley, Jr. in Animal Radio.
8: Live simply so that others may simply live.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to
4: present to you The Dog Father, exclusively on Animal Radio. What's up in your world? Well, I'll tell you what. I got a um, an email from a um, Kathy, and in the last name is Stasco, and she's from Brighton Beach, Florida, and um, she has a um, lassa Opso, and she says she's having problems with hair breakage. Um, she lives right on the beach, and the dog likes to go out to, um, in the sand, and um, you know, she it just has a ton of hair breakage. I on have, the dog, that, problem. You wanna, you have that problem. You have that problem personally, yes, with
2: my own hair.
4: Okay, yes. I may have a good tip for. You. I'm listening. Um, so anyway, you know what? It, it, it clarifies a lot when she tells me she lives by the water because to do this without seeing the pet sometimes is a little bit difficult. But when you live near an area that has a lot of sand or a lot of dust, so either coastline or desert area, um, desert area, and I don't mean like L.A. because L.A., even though it's a desert, it really isn't a desert. It's more of a city type. I'm talking about real desert where there's you know a lot of sand and, and very arid temperatures and that sort of thing. What happens is when you have a dog that has a long flowing coat, the bottom line is the sand almost works like an abrasive, um, like sandpaper. And what it's going to do, it's going to break down your dog's coat no matter what you do. So a lot of people, what they think is, you know, we'll condition the hell out of it. I'll have my groomer condition the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. The problem is that with that is this, there's different types of conditioning treatments for your pet, depending on where you live in the country or just your geographic. Area. So for instance, if I live by the beach or an air or a sandy type of area, sandy climate, what's gonna happen is if I use any type of conditioner that has any sort of filler in it, and how I'm gonna know this is this when I go to the store or I talk to my groomer, make sure the shampoo and conditioner, mainly the conditioner, doesn't have anything that says whitens. Brightens, texturizes, lanolin's, silicones in it. Anything that alters the coat. So basically, you don't want you don't want it to say anything. Just pure conditioner, pure shampoo, and that's how you're gonna know because all of that stuff are fillers. And you know what? They work, and they but they work for specific things. The problem is when you live in an area like that, that's gonna capture everything. Basically, what happens is it becomes a magnet and it sucks up all of that because it's gonna make the Coat a little bit more sticky and a little bit it's gonna it's gonna attract more things like a dust magnet. So it's gonna pull it into the coat. So what I want is I want something that's gonna hydrate, moisturize correct without pulling into the coat. So what you want to do is you want to use something that doesn't say any of those things on the label, and you should be mm. successful because what'll happen is is that moisture now will absorb into the skin, it'll absorb through the hair shaft, through the cuticle, and it'll it'll help nourish that way instead of sitting on the code itself. Now, if I'm living in an area like where I used to live in New Jersey, okay, it's very humid, um, the temperature changes, and I didn't live on the coast area. I lived a little bit more inland. The bottom line that's perfect for those shampoos and conditioners that have the fillers, the silicones, and whatnot, because that's going to develop the volume that you want. But you don't have to worry as much as it being a dust magnet. Now, it's not something that I want to use every day, and I'm going to say that because there are products out there. My favorite product in the world is a Horse product called Shoshine. Okay, Really? When I want a nice, yeah, when I want a nice shine on a dog, and this is a this, I gotta be honest with you. This is a major secret of mine that you guys are listening to because this is this is this is, this is something that has, and I'm being honest, that if all the groomers in my area were equal. And they didn't use certain products, and this was one of them. My work always stood out because of this of certain products, and this was my number one product. What this would do was moisturize, but it would also almost coat the dog as if the dog felt like it was armor, road, like the, like when your seat's in your car and the dog <laughs> would shine and look great. The problem is it was a dust magnet, so you didn't uh, want to use it all the time. Once every four to six weeks on the coat when they came out of the salon was enough. So if you go out and you buy it, you just want to use it sparingly, but you you can use the shampoos that say texturize whitening and brightening and all and as long as you use it in sparingly i know some people like to bathe their dogs you know once twice three times a week and if if you're doing it that heavily you know what stick with something that's a little bit more clean and that is my tip for the week wow color me impressed there i learned so much about that
5: horse in maine joey do you know about that one where it's for people and dogs
4: it you know what i've used that before and a lot of show people use it it works really good but that also is a heavy um, product that has a lot of fillers in it. And that's why the, the show people like to use it a lot because what they want is they want instant results right there and then. Mm. And that's going to mm. achieve that right there and then. But those dogs are brushed every single day in maintenance. The problem is in your household, what will end up happening is it's, it's if you use it too much, you're going to develop buildup and also you, your pet's going to become like a dust magnet and it picks up everything so you're going to have hair breakage and you're going to have knotting and entangling. Mm. Wendy,
0: do you share your shampoo with your dog?
5: Oh, you know, I used to use a Veda for both of us, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you so take a shower at the same time? Would you do the whole thing? Because I know Alan does the whole shower thing with the dog at the same okay, time. Okay,
5: let me tell you. I mean, here's the deal. and okay. And Joey knows my Olga. Uh-huh. So, Olga actually grooms my dog. I barely brush my hair, let alone my dog's hair. <laughs> so, I need seriously short hair on my dog. I always, and so, if, sometimes I'll give my dog a bath. So, after I take a bath, a hot bath, but I shower before I get into the bathtub. I'm, I'm obsessed with baths. And so, I then will bring my dog and give her a bath as well.
4: Oh, that's good. You know, i got to tell you, Wendy's lucky because she truly has one of the best groomers, and in, 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 not in the country, in the world. I mean, decorated, I mean, groomer. And um, she's really lucky to have this person actually grooming a dog because she's she's dynamite. I've judged her many a times and put her up best in show, probably more than anyone else I've ever put up in best in show. Yeah, so. Didn't
0: you also give Artist Knox best in show or groomer <laughs> of the year? Well, listen, there was three
4: judges on that show. That's all I'm going to say. And, and you got to remember one thing. The guy that he went up against was one of my students, okay? in the finals. Wow. so oh. yeah.
0: By the way, if you missed that artist Knox, allegedly. Allegedly, under, I got to say, investigation. under investigation now for arson, and apparently, what, what did he get involved with arson with somebody that he worked with before, somebody from groomer House? Arson. Well, like, what did he do? It wasn't.
4: Let's put it this way: allegedly, the, 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 an investigation is still going on with that. But um, the, I know the people who actually own the company, and before this all came out, they swore that he was involved in this. And um, the person, I mean, I know this person a long time, and I would not see her. Lying at the very least, bit, and I hope it's not true. Yeah, I hope it's, it's just true. a mistake. I mean, I don't want to wish bad on anyone, sure. but um, if it is, I mean, he desperately needs to be um, you know, punished. So what did he? he goes, what did he set on fire? Lately, um, it was it was. This is l- allegedly, l- folks. Allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. Okay. It was like a carport to somebody's house, and this, you know, with with this particular one, that he's being charged for. But now they're looking back into a lot of other fires, apparently, that have sprung up around him. You know, him being his salon, his mother's his mother's home the business that he worked for, this carport. Well, he's good friends so, with
0: us, wow. so let's let's just, you know, you know, point out this is a ledger. We, we, wish, we wish him the best of luck. Let's see. Uh, let's hit the phones. Let's solve your problems. Dr. Debbie is back from Hawaii. Dog trainer Alan Cable, dog father Joey Volani, animal communicator Joey Turner, and Wendy Diamond all here at your beck and call.
7: Hey, this is
9: Artist Knox, Groomer of the Year, and when I'm rolling in my vehicle, I'm listening to Animal Radio with Hal
11: and Judy. Get at me! It's
0: Animal Radio Celebrating our connection with our pets As we do every week XM Satellite Radio and 102 AM FM stations across the country Also your Animal Radio app Remember you can download that app free of charge And listen to Animal Radio at your pleasure To my left, Dr. Debbie Back from Vacation (laughs) You know it. Boss in costume today, as well as Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. (laughs) Yes, I'm
1: tired of candy, man. I've been like bribing my staff, and it's I'm eating it all.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you, when Doctor Debbie has a Halloween party, she really rolls it out.
1: That was
2: most
0: excellent. We went to a party at her house one night, and we brought ladybugs. She just started sniffing ladybug. That was after. That was after <laughs> yep. she made us flip our lips. You know, you know what's
3: really interesting, we, and I'd like to know where you get them, Deb, is those cow manure candles you have in the uh, in the
0: bathtub? Uh, aren't those wonderful? <laughs> Uh, We're going to line four. We have Lindy on the phone. Hi, Lindy. Welcome to the show. Hi. You wanted to talk to Dr. Debbie?
17: I do. I have a question about my seven-month-old Shih Tzu poodle mix.
1: Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Hey, I got one of those, um, too. Little boss man here is a little Shih Tzu poodle boy.
17: (laughs) Oh, he's a cutie. Um, uh, He has uh, one testicle that has dropped, and the other one is stuck, I think, Up in Mm. his abdomen, groin area. You can feel it when you rub his stomach. And I was wondering, he has not been neutered yet. He will be. But is this a problem right at the moment?
1: Well, um, what you're describing is what we term as a cryptorchid male dog. So basically the testicles haven't made their path from the abdomen down to the scrotum. And there's two basic areas where they can get hung up. And I shouldn't say hung up because it's not like they're stuck there. It's just they fail to develop along that pathway. Um, one is inside the abdomen. And then the other is in the groin or what we call the inguinal area. So if you're feeling that and you can kind of push on it and you can feel it rolling around... That's it, probably an inguinal location. It doesn't move location.
17: too much, but it is in that where his joint is there, the inguinal area, as you say. Okay. Perfect. Um, it is there, but it, it okay. doesn't move a whole lot.
1: Okay. Well, that's great because that's actually the easier of the two to find. Um, so basically, this isn't anything that's an urgent problem right now, but we know it's not going to get better. And we know that no. with cryptorchid males... If we leave that there and we don't neuter, that can greatly increase the risk of testicular cancer. And in fact, it raises about nine to thirteen times when we have an intact male that is cryptorchid. And it relates to the temperature of the testicle and the scrotum versus in the skin and you know all this stuff. You know, we love talking about cutting off testicles here at my office, so it always kind of makes the men a little squeamish. (laughs) But um, this is definitely a cryptorchid um, surgery. It's definitely important to do um, when you. want him to reproduce and two we want to prevent these testicular problems and prostate problems so um, he's certainly at an age now that if it's not gotten to where it's supposed to be um, it would be appropriate to go ahead and proceed with uh, the castration at this point Look how
0: happy she is when she says that.
1: <laughs> you know, it just the snipping is just, I don't know, it's one of those surgeries. You know, some people have their favorite surgeries. And I have to say, uh, I like castrations. You know, I don't know <laughs> what it is about it. Um, but it, 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 maybe it's rewarding or bad boyfriend somewhere along the road. Yeah. I don't Uh-oh. know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: I'll put you on a couch but for an hour um, before the doctor. Um, Sorry,
17: your knowledge and your input and your wisdom. Um, I was just concerned if it, if he had gotten any older or you know if it was um, out there and, and and you know not this year but next year we don't get him neutered in and it would be developing a problem or it is for him or I didn't want him to be in any pain and
0: why isn't he and, neutered?
17: Well, we are over-the-road truck drivers, and we haven't been home since May, and he's just turned seven months. So while we've been gone, he's turned that magical six months.
1: So. I gotcha. Now, I, I will say that, no, it's not going to be a jeopardy to health to wait another six months to a year. But what you are going to be missing out on is some important timing to help prevent some of the sex-driven bad behaviors as far as right. marking, right. territoriality, um, those kind of things. So uh, a lot of dogs that aren't neutered at six months of age, many people will say, ah, he's fine. He's not doing anything. He's not creating problems. There's a magical time when we do start to see those behavioral problems come up and it may be at one and a half years. Um, I see many dogs two years of age is when, gosh, everything's bad. Uh, they're marking in the house. They're doing all the other things. And um, that really can be a problem. So it's better if we neuter before all those behaviors start to get set into the mind and into the body. Right, right, right. Um, We fully so, intend. Yeah.
17: We're on our way home this week finally, and I have a, a vet appointment for him all set up already. So I was just I, not to get him Not the surgery that will come probably before, you know, Christmas time, that area, but um, just to get him into the, you know, the doctor for his rabies shot and to get checked out because they won't do it without having that first visit.
1: Absolutely, we want to make sure he's in good all health right. and he's all up to date on his shots. So okay, I well, thanks for your call, Lindy, and definitely you're doing the right thing by him. He may not want to hear you picking up that phone and going to the vet, but it's for his own good. So best wishes, give him a pat on the head. Well,
0: that's all we have time for today. We want to thank you for joining us, and we encourage you to head on over to our Facebook page at Animal Radio. We're giving away all kinds of good stuff this week. In fact, I think our social networking director has a brand new contest starting with a big prize package. Exciting Big stuff. bundle uh, over at Facebook at Animal Radio. Also, tweet us at Animal Radio, or you can download the Animal Radio app for iPhone or for Android. I'm sorry, I just checked out there for a second. It's been a
1: long <laughs> You're day. You're tired. I it's a talking. long day.
0: <laughs> I want to thank Dr. Chip Taylor for joining us, telling us about the Flight of the Butterflies. Check out that at IMAX in 3D. Can you
2: imagine 3D with all those butterflies flying It is around? a cool
0: flick. I'll awesome. tell you that right now. Go check it out. Uh, Dr. Debbie, your book?
1: Your uh, have Terriers. How to, Terriers. to be your dog's best friend.
0: Mm, go check that out online right now. We'll put all the links over at AnimalRadio.com. Have a great week.
1: Bye-bye.
5: Bye. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. Bye now. Always a dog.
14: Don't
9: This is Animal, Animal. R- 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 Radio
14: Network. Network.